Hello, and welcome to The Sound of Space, a podcast brought to you by the University of Toronto Aerospace team. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of The Sound of Space. Uh, I'm here with our other hosts, uh, Theo and Jaden, and my name is Katan. Today, we'll be talking about a bit of a different topic, less technical, and more about ourselves, actually. Hopefully, we can make this interesting for you. And um, we were hoping to just talk about uh, our experience as students getting into aerospace, some of the cool things uh, that inspired us to go into the field, also some of the cool things that we've been able to do or are looking at doing in the future. And we hope to give you a few opportunities that you yourself can get involved in. Anyways, so I think we were hoping to start today with um, going around and, you know, really talking about what inspired us to get into aerospace. I just wanted to tell people that I study rocket science. Like that's oh. literally it. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I think um, like what I always tell people is I think a lot of kids go through like many phases, right? So you go through a phase of liking dinosaurs. I really like dinosaurs. You go through a phase of liking space. I really like space. Right. And then, um, you know, most people kind of, I guess, would say like they grow out of those phases. I just happen to never grow out of my space phase, I guess. Um, so it's always just been really interesting to me. It's always very fascinating to think like we don't actually know you know, the extent of what is out there. Universe is always expanding. Or know there's, anything. Yeah, or anything, really. Like, there's so much out there, and most people will only ever experience Earth. And not even all of Earth, just part one part of Earth, right? Um, so to me, it's just, you know, how vast, how vast space is uh, always kind of fascinated me. And then, you know, you go through school, I realized I really like engineering applications of things. I like seeing how things work, putting things together. Um, and so it just was the natural kind of, you know, motion of things that got me here. Yeah. The trajectory. Exactly. And Theo, you said in the trailer that you kind of got into aerospace looking at textbooks. Oh, yeah. And seeing all the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. How old were you approximately when you started kind of looking at resources like that, that referenced the actual technical content of aerospace? Technical or- content? <laughs> besides just cool shapes and colors i think that's what i said in the trailer shapes and colors <laughs> yes yes um i actually probably pretty young too I, I i really like to go to mastermind toys i don't know if you guys you guys ever oh, been yeah, to mastermind yeah, oh yeah. my goodness yeah. Oh, yeah, i loved love just looking at all like the cool like engineering models like robotic things and like it was always like the space stuff that kind of drew me in so i really liked kind of looking at blueprints seeing how things fit together i'm still a huge uh, lego nerd I collect <laughs> NASA Lego sets. Oh, I'm right there with together. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but it's so, so fun. It's just really cool. Um, yeah. Were you the I mean, kind of kid that would take things apart and see how they work and try to put oh, them yeah, back together? For sure. If I didn't blow anything up, yes, <laughs> I'd put them back together. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's probably a common trait that a lot of you know, engineers that, yeah. you know, end up going to engineering and just knowing, wanting to know how things work. Exactly. And I think this is uh, tinkering. Yeah. for me, I think that's where it started. I was always just like super curious about like how absolutely everything works and why it works. And that includes like basically the universe. <laughs> and yeah. um, so I just a huge space nerd growing up. And, you know, there, as you said, the vastness and there's the beauty of it. Like, mm-hmm. and there's just so much mystery surrounding it uh because we really 
don't have any real clue what happened. Like, yeah. we, we don't really know much. Um, and I mean, of course, it's something to be said also, popular space culture. You've got your Star Wars, Star Trek, yes. um, other like, you know, sci-fi things growing up that I don't know if any of us would be in, as into space as we are if none of those things happened. That's a good right? point. So, uh, and again, you know, there's the whole aspect of understanding things. And I think that leads you into the physics of things too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> kind of nerdy. Some of my bedtime stories were actually physics books, which uh, oh my. I guess leads you into that space, right? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so what at least got me where I am is I, I, I had these two loves for things. I really love robots as well. You know, the idea of making something that can learn, learn like we do, right? Um, so like AI and robotics, that just intrigues me. And then you've got space. So if you, you know, kind of put the two together you end up where i am right now with like aerospace robotics so there mm -hmm. you go mm -hmm. nice so that kind of desire to understand from a, a kind of lower level spiraled into this well what more is there to understand and then this kind of larger scope this cosmic scope of aerospace yeah, engineering exactly i mean also one thing the one funny thing i guess is i kind of had the inverse trajectory of most people you know most people like they grew up, they're like, I want to be an astronaut, right? Um, that was the opposite of me because I don't know about y'all, but I was so into space. I like, I also knew how freaking scary it was. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was terrified of space. And then it's kind of like, as I grew up, I was like, oh, it might be kind of cool to, you know, go yeah. towards astronauts in aerospace, right? Yeah. That's really cool. How about you, Jaden? Yeah, so it, it seems like you two were kind of a, a natural flow in which i suppose makes sense with the kind of focus on nsci and you're both nsci arrow uh i'm no. arrow so i'm, I'm studying robotics. aerospace engineering katan's ah, robotics and robo okay yes yeah but uh, certainly both very applicable to arrow i came into university and engineering kind of thinking what would be useful to do and i hadn't had too many experiences on on say design teams or hackathons or anything prior but i was thinking well what would be useful to do for the future of humanity for the future of usable technologies and i looked at energy and i was like well energy is going to be an industry and a, a series of technologies you know generation transmission and storage that is going to necessarily have to expand and develop in very interesting ways in the future and so I was looking for ways to get involved in, in just baseline technical competency. And I saw, okay, University of Toronto Aerospace Team, electrical power system <laughs> as a subsystem to kind of land in. So I, I got involved there and then I was like, oh, aerospace is also pretty cool because, you know, designing a satellite, you get more involved with the team. And then that's kind of where my aerospace involvement came from. And of course, there was that kind of imaginative perspective of sci-fi really bringing me into that area where it's always something that's been really fascinating of how can we push the limits and do things that have never really be, been done before in the course of humanity. You know, we've always had cause to generate energy and produce different systems for survival on Earth, but the systems for survival beyond Earth are really foreign and that's where you really can get creative with things so that There's, that's what's kind of kept me hooked into the aerospace world i mean 
there's actually a cool connection I can make to that. I actually used to be, like, I, I used to be the exact same way in the sense that like, sure, I was in love with these things, but what I really wanted to look at was where can I make the biggest impact towards like humanity, right? Which I guess, you know, there's that side to things. And uh, for me, I also looked at energy because I, like I told you, I was into like the whole fusion idea and like into all those and only coming into university, I realized there's so much physics that I don't even know if it's for me. Like yeah, it's beyond man. even like robotics or aerospace, right? Um, so yeah, it was cool that like I wasn't even the only one thinking about that in the same way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, when you start thinking about energy, you can really go any direction. You can think, you, you know, matter is energy, blah, blah, yeah. blah, whatever. If you solve that problem, you pretty much solve a lot of problems both on earth and you know space problems so there you go <laughs> oh for sure so Jaden, you mentioned um like joining utat um and joining in in space systems i think that the three of us all did we all start in space systems i actually didn't i started in aerial robotics and then came to space systems oh really but uh-huh. cool note Jaden was one of the first people i met on space systems <laughs> yes sir that's awesome. How was your experience in, in both um, both systems, Kitan, both divisions? Um, for me, it was great. Honestly, um, I think uh, the first system I was in was uh, rather new in a way and uh, is a bit smaller. So I had a bit of difficulty getting fully involved there. But um, that's one of the... And then, you know, I figured I actually do love space. So, like, I'm, I'm going to switch over to the uh, space systems which is i think we've all been in at some point and um that's when i really started to get involved you know my roommate was also uh, really involved in space systems in first year so it made it a little easier to go there it was great honestly the best thing i found getting involved in that kind of space was meeting the people just meeting people who are like super cool like and super interested in the same kinds of things and that was the best part for me yeah, there's a massive community around these different experiences that you can get involved with. Uh, certainly being on space systems has given a lot of opportunities to do those things, right? To, to kind of find that community of other engineering students that are really enthused about making these things and really defining for ourselves what we want to do and how things are going to operate. That's really the, the uniqueness of design teams to me. Um, being on the team, the kind of opportunities to test and interact with other organizations has been really fun. So we as a student team are also the customer of these actual services. So NTS for vibration testing of our assembled satellite, we did that this summer. And that was really an opportunity for us as students to engage professionally with an organization. And then similarly for our launch provider to have a contract that we have to meet deliverables and we have to communicate and do all of these things in a professional capacity. It's really a great way to represent an organization and also to learn ourselves as individuals. Yeah, like I um, I joined Space Systems because I actually wanted to apply the knowledge of like things I was learning academically in school to something that I'm interested in and something that you know I can see Right. So um, I actually initially 
joined because I was like, okay, I want to use my programming skills somewhere. <laughs> like I would not call myself a strong coder at all. And the thing is, I was kind of spiraling in that mindset of, ah, I can't code. Ah, I'm so bad at coding. But then, you know, I joined and I was just like, okay, I'm coding for like a satellite mission. And I get to see these cool diagrams that like I'm making and I get to actually understand the math and see why it's important. And that's, that's what I love the most about the experience. Actually, like that and also meeting people like you guys said people who are passionate about the same things and just working on something together and, and seeing it come together is is super exciting there's there's something to be said about just uh being able to say i help build a satellite that's gonna go to space you know kind of thing um if it ever I, does go to space if <laughs> it ever, at this point honestly <laughs> but um uh what I think a cool thing to go around and ask about would be, you know, what other experiences have you guys had and, you know, what, you know, for our listeners and whatnot, what kind of experiences could they get involved in and cool things, especially as students and young adults in the industry. You want to kick it off? I mean, I definitely can. Um, so we already talked about Utah. That's our design team. And uh, another thing I had a chance to participate in is there's this yearly hackathon, uh, Space Apps. Um, and you don't even need to be, you know, fully engaged in like the aerospace industry to participate. And that's the, honestly the beauty of the growth of the space sector is that oftentimes now you don't have to be a space expert. If you really like space, just, just go do some of these things. And um, so this was a hackathon. I'd just been coming out of like a developer job. So it was perfect at the time. And uh, we actually ended up uh, um, doing some, creating a kind of sandbox pro uh, like web program that kind of simulated some of the uh, RF radio frequency issues with communicating with Mars. Um, so I think about a previous episode where, you know, Jaden asked about the relays and whatnot and some of the other issues. So that was super cool because uh, we actually ended up winning for Toronto and Canada. So we got CSA recognition and we actually got to chat with some of the um, professionals at the CSA. I even got to um, chat with one of the astronauts. Um, oh, yeah. So that is and really this was cool. the, the NASA Space Apps? Is that the one? Yes, NASA Space Apps. So they actually, uh, there's the city winners, there's the country winners, and there's international winners. So we didn't mm -hmm. win internationally, but we at least won for Canada. Which is huge. Which was really cool. Um, and... Unfortunately, it was COVID, so I couldn't come out to Montreal and visit the headquarters, but at least got to have some of those virtual meetings. So it's one of the cool experiences I had um, that also helped lead me into my current job where I'm working at GHGSAT right now, which is a climate company, um, which is, we do greenhouse gas imaging. Once you get involved in some of these things and you get into your co-ops or you get into industry, you can always look for some of these, um, you know, companies are popping up more and more in the private sector now too so that is really where it spirals right the the kind of more tr conventional internship opportunity but that really is where some of the coolest stuff comes to light as a student where you haven't graduated yet but you're certainly contributing to these really interesting missions and diversified interests of these different private companies you really get to see the perspectives of aerospace through that I think the most important thing happening to the space sector right now is the privatization of the space sector. Just because um, it used to be such a niche, esoteric, you know, kind of area 
where very few people could get involved. But I think, um, especially now as, you know, students come in and whatnot, you kind of see it more and more where you don't even, you don't need to be an aerospace engineer. You don't, you don't need to be a physicist to actually get involved because there's private companies, you know, they need marketers. If you love space and you're in marketing, go work for a private space company, right? Like, um, it wasn't as possible when it was just space agencies. And that's one of the things I love about what's happening today. So true. It reduces the risk too. If you're not a public entity and you don't have to really uh, watch your, I mean, you have to watch expenses, of course, because you're going to fail if you, if you don't do, <laughs> yeah. you know, pro- financially viable decisions, but the kind of accountability and the freedom of, of a private company is, it allows for that kind of competition and, and exploration of new ideas. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess r- wrapping up some of the things I've heard about, um, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to some of the people on our team who um, actually participated in this uh, huge uh, CSA competition called CanRGX. So we actually had a team from University of Toronto uh, and they, they do basically a microgravity um, experiment. Uh, and so they proposed investigating telomeres in microgravity. So um, shout out to that team. Uh, and that was all part of um, SEDS Canada, which is Students for Exploration and Development of Space. And they have a ton of competitions that anyone can get involved in. You just need to go in, propose. And even if you don't like it, accept it, just even the experience of doing that research is invaluable. Yeah, SEDS does a lot of really cool stuff. I know other than their microgravity, their reduced gravity um, experiment, they also do like Arctic. I think they do an Arctic research one. I think they do a, a balloon one too, like a stratospheric yeah. balloon experiment. I think they also do like a business case competition. So like Aten was saying earlier, it's like you don't necessarily have to be here on the science or engineering side of things to get involved in space as long as you have the interest for it. You know, look for those organizations that are doing cool things, meet cool people, um, you know, learn and, and do things. And it's, it's super duper exciting. Do things. Do things. <laughs> That's my advice for you guys today. <laughs> um, I can probably pop in on like things I've done uh, and things I'm kind of interested in and would like to do at some point. Um, so other than uh, being on UTAT, uh, this past summer, I had the opportunity to do like an astrophysics research um position uh with uh, the the department at the university of toronto scarborough campus um Big brain stuff yeah yeah it was actually very very exciting because i wasn't working with an engineering professor i was working with an astrophysics profession professor and what happened was you know i went to him and i kind of proposed this idea of well um like how can like this simulator that is applied to like planets and stars and stuff be applied to like satellites i was just like looking at the intersection of astrophysics and engineering. Um, He thought it was super cool. So it was kind of like this whole research project. I got to do my own little research on how you can apply N-body integrators to satellites Uh, and ended up like creating a simulator that'll show you the ground track of like the International Space Station. Um, So that was a cool thing I did. On top of that this summer, um, I actually did an internship at the CSA um, at the Canadian Space Agency. Um, so that was, that was huge, but it was actually, um, a project management internship. So it wasn't necessarily on the engineering side of things. Um, but it was really, really cool. Cause I, I'm really interested in 
like the intersection of, you know, space and science and other things, right? So I'm doing a business minor right now. So this was kind of the perfect, like, opportunity for me to see the intersection of, like, aerospace engineering and then also, like, business project management. Um, so that was awesome. Got to meet some amazing people. I actually got to go visit the headquarters in Montreal. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and, yeah, like, I'm, I'm still in touch with a lot of the other interns and, like, my supervisors. Um, so, yeah, that was an awesome experience. Always carry around with me. Yeah. And just while we're on those two, the, the kind of research and internship opportunities, how did you find out about those two? How did you become aware that that kind of research and intersection was something that could be done? Well, when it came to like my research position, it was literally just something I had to, you know, go out and ask about. Um, so if, if anyone listening is interested in uh, doing research and is not really sure how to get involved in that, um, the best thing to do is reach out to professors whose area of, you know, research is interesting to you and make sure you, you read into what they do and then think about how you can, you know, learn for yourself and how you can help. So that's where that came from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The barriers of entry to these different opportunities, I think really are perceptibly greater than they actually are. This is something we have to tell incoming members of design teams quite frequently is, you know, if you think that you can get involved in something, then just go for it. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on anyway. The only yeah. reason professionals <laughs> look like they know what's going on is because they have a better, they're more confident in the ability to find out what's going on. Yes. But yes. no one ever knows what's actually going Especially on. Especially first going in, like everybody has this preconception that you got to like know something. Honestly, nobody knows anything going yeah. in. You're, and you're never going gonna to get, be lost. <laughs> you're not going to get experience until you get experience, right? <laughs> like you have to actually go out and once again, do something uh, in order and, to have experience for the next thing. Yeah. And again, you know, it's a whole, it's cross-disciplinary because even looking at my company, right? Many of the people aren't, you know, aerospace engineers or mm -hmm. even, you know, astrophysicists, right? They might have done other kinds of physics because I'm in like the science team or then there's other parts of the team which never touched space in their life. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, you just got to go out there and, you know, there's so many of these opportunities, um, even in Canada um, and even abroad, like there's the, there's NASA internships, which, you know, not many people really think about just because like it's NASA and it's American, but like the NASA summer internship accepts international students. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Um, there is just there's just so many possibilities out there. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people maybe will hold themselves hold themselves back from applying to something or for reaching out to somebody um, out of fear that you know they can't do it. But once again, like you're not you're not going to learn unless you try, right? And you never know. Um, like when I applied for for my internship this summer, I was not expecting a response, right? The the fact that it worked out, like I'm so thankful for it. And, you know, now I have a learning experience that I can carry into, you know, whatever I do next. Yeah. One of the freedoms of kind of having that perspective where these kind of barriers are a lot more mutable than we understand is you have the opportunity to also make things for yourself that you think would be valuable. So Zenith Pathways is one of these kind of things that were created from a desire to add value to aerospace students. 
uh, through mentorship opportunities. And this is an initiative that was made by, uh, kind of founded by um, the McMaster team, um, some of the heads there in particular, their McMaster satellite team. Um, so students coming together to make organizations that, that will benefit students. It's a really interesting kind of exchange there where once Positive you see back loop. Yeah. Yes. Once you appreciate, you know, you can go out into the world and make things happen. Then these wonderful things kind of start to spiral from that feedback loop. That, that was really what um, kind of blew the doors off for me going into engineering. I think um, it's probably a good moment as well to mention that uh, we also acknowledge that like not everyone has access to the same opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think this is one thing that's coming up more and more, both in not only in like space sector, but as well, like engineering as a whole is acknowledging some of the social context surrounding opportunities. Um, so, I mean, I, I think Theo can speak a, a little bit to the gender diversity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think engineering is definitely a male dominated uh, field, like being a, a female in science in general, in engineering specifically. Um, it, it always feels like like there were points in time and there still are points in time where I feel kind of out of place. Uh, so in my class right now of 30 aerospace um, engineering students, we've got, I think, eight girls, which which is actually, I mean, decent. Right. But still, in comparison to, you know, the 22 like boys that we have in the class, that's, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, like that, that definitely is. Is something that I struggle with, um, but there there are so many opportunities now to you know get involved and find good support systems, and it, like I I would not like there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now in terms of you know studying and it's it's great yeah. There's also um, it's also worth noting, especially like UFT specifically is like um, uh, they actually are have balanced a bit of the um the gender gap in yeah. terms of like uh enrollment yeah which was pretty surprising at least for me coming in because you know usually as, as Theo says it's like seems male dominated yeah and actually I see that here I'm in Montreal right now and you see some of the engineering programs and we've got other interns and definitely there are still some programs out there where um it's like 90% male yeah uh but there are some important initiatives that have started at least like um I don't know if if you has ever heard of these, but like you know, like Wise, which yeah, is women in I actually worked science in, and engineer. I I was on the Wise outreach team, um, actually last year. It was really great just to go and you know speak with. What we did was we'd go speak to high school students and kind of encourage like you know female students to to pursue STEM areas of study. Yeah. Another um, kind of interesting thing we at least did on UTAT here uh, was we helped uh, bring an inclusion initiative, at least to space systems which was uh, basically the, the whole idea is that, you know, oftentimes engineers, we like to separate ourselves from the social issues because we like to build things, right? That's what we do, we build things. But um, it's often important for us to, you know, reintegrate ourselves into these issues and acknowledge them and tackle them actively, right? So th that's an, if that's also an aspect that interests you, that's, there's definitely room for that in these kinds of organizations and it's growing more and more. You know, these are issues that you can come into this industry and you can change as well. Yes, exactly. Something I even noticed, like while I was at the CSA, they actually had like a bunch of these committees, like women in science committees. And they also had like um, 
for like racial minorities and everything. And lots of organizations are, are pursuing those inclusion initiatives right now. And, you know, it's a, it's a great time to get, you know, involved with these things and to help support others. Yeah. Especially considering the problems being tackled by engineering teams, there's really an incentive to have diversity in those teams because you want multiple perspectives so that you can come up with that solution and come up with that solution quickly. So it really is almost a selfish motivation, if you will, to, to promote diversity as well as, you know, being the the kind of right thing to do in the circumstances. Yeah, definitely. Definitely want to make everybody feel at home within their teams and, you know, promote that feedback cycle as well too. Um, I guess changing tracks a bit, a bit more towards the future. Uh, I was would be interested to hear about, you know, what excites, you know, you guys about the future of space exploration. I think for me, I'm just like really curious to see how far it's going to go. Right. Like in my lifetime, I'm like, I, I'm just so curious to see like whether, whether it's landing a person on Mars, whether it's like, I don't know, finding intelligent extraterrestrial life or something, or, you know, like just being able to go on space vacation, something crazy that was, you know, just a figment of sci-fi or is currently a figment of sci-fi. I, I just want to see like, what, what can we actually accomplish? You know, that's what I'm the most excited for. Um, on my end, it's kind of the wind up of new technologies where the rate at which we can introduce new technologies into aerospace developments right now is probably the fastest it's ever been because there's an emphasis on low earth orbit missions, which means the lifetime is less, the conditions in terms of radiation are less severe. So you can throw in new technologies and test them to aerospace grade and really get that positive feedback loop going in the technology itself. Uh, That kind of comes along with the privatization that Katan was saying. There's just so much that we have yet to explore in terms of the implications of privatization of space. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, kind of makes me sad a little bit because I know a lot of these things that we dream of probably won't happen in our lifetimes. Which hey, is why who we knows? Work- who knows? Who knows? But this is why we work towards them so that if we don't get to see them, someday somebody does get to see them. Yes. Right? So you know, things like multi-world civilizations, you know, uh, you know, as you mentioned, other forms of life, and they might not even be forms that we recognize as life. This is a misconception, I think, as well, is that when people say, let's find aliens, if, you know, it's not going to, odds are, it's not going to be the shape of a human, right? <laughs> it's not going to be bipedal or anything like that. It might not even, you know, be the same elemental base as we do carbon-based life forms, right? So the intelligent slime. exactly um so i think um you know those kinds of possibilities excite me there's just so much out there but there's so little that we can actually see right now which is where those big tech technological breakthroughs are so exciting because you could if you have a massive breakthrough, you could go from barely being able to get to mars to you know reaching the outer solar system Mm -hmm. all in one go right Mm -hmm. So I think that's what keeps me going, and especially in this industry, just there's just so much potential, so yeah. much potential. It's a very, very you know big time. It's a it's a boom right now in terms of you know space technology and space science. I think like besides the '60s, there are going to be so many firsts in the next like few decades. 
and I'm just so excited to, you know, watch and maybe be involved. And talking about those exciting missions and kind of the the next frontier, you know, we're we're all kind of in the camp that these are worth pursuing. Yeah. And that the the opportunities should really recruit, you know, new engineering talent into them. Why do you think that others should get involved in these kinds of missions? There are a lot of things that people could devote their lives to. You know, why aerospace? Why these initiatives? Well, I've got two arguments. One of them is for the dreamers <laughs> and the other one is for the practical people. All right. So first of all, if you are a curious person at heart, space is definitely for you, right? Because there's just so many mysteries. There's so much we don't know. And there's so much being discovered that you're like, there's a lot of interesting research fields out there. There's a lot of interesting discoveries and technologies being invented, but like in terms of potential, it's hard to find a place that beats space exploration, right? Um, and, you know, even even I'm in, uh, interested in other areas, but that's really what gets me going, like just the curiosity behind everything involving space. Okay, and then there's the second more practical argument that the space sector is just booming right now. Mm-hmm. Private space is booming. And so if you want to get involved in probably the next booming industry, that is probably where to go it used to be very niche like i said yes. but now you've got space companies popping up left right and center so th- there's never been a better time I, I definitely think this is the best time to get involved in space yeah any any other ideas Jin, or any other reasons you think people should get involved i i agree with katan everything you said yeah i'm a big believer in kind of finding yourself and understanding your own abilities through what you do. And I think aerospace, as we've kind of talked before in terms of the the cutting edge, the sharpening of technological competence, that's a, a huge advantage that I've seen in aerospace. And I think kind of pursuing these missions, it brings together these communities of driven people who have these ambitions of a better future and that is just such a great place for humans to belong and collaborate and find ourselves as individuals in that kind of environment that's really what i've seen facilitated through aerospace initiatives Uh, and and there's really a big upshot of promoting that kind of atmosphere in an international context Um, so certainly that uh, as the the moonshot if you will of the future of aerospace and and why people should get involved. That's kind of my thinking. Well, uh, I think that's kind of a good spot to end things here. I hope uh, this has been enlightening in terms of our own experiences as your three humble hosts, giving a bit of a, a perspective as individuals of what the kind of landscape looks like for getting involved in aerospace in general and getting involved as students in particular. And as a reminder to anyone who is a student and listening, there really is not a barrier to entry in terms of your skills or your understanding or your age. You know, high school students are designing satellites these days and engaging in these NASA competitions. So if you have a drive to learn, a drive to get things uh, made, then go for it. The world's your oyster. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore the sound of space to continue the conversation and let us know your thoughts on all things aerospace. We hope you've enjoyed listening to The Sound of Space.